to stay here. Okay, I'm back. Not really. This is a this is a filler episode. I'm planning a whole bunch that's coming up uh, in the future, and I got a lot to work on, and I got a lot of stuff uh, workflow wise that I wanted to talk about. And man, it's uh, it's something. So uh, first thing that I want to get into is I want to get into my my new system of operations, which is Notion. I've been using Notion for quite a while quite a while to do all sorts of different things. And I have uh, like here, let me go through my list of things that I have on Notion. So I use it for uh, every time that I'm asked to go and give some sort of exhortation message at church. I have all my messages, uh, the exhortation messages, they're all typed up beforehand. And then I run up there and, and give my horrible, horrible readout of what I've written. Now, what I've written is just like, wow, I mean, you think that I'm like some sort of theologian or something, not really, but you think I'm some knowledgeable person. And then I get up there and I sound like some chump behind the pulpit, which is great because that's what Claude is until he gets better. But I use it for that. I use it for my fitness journey, which is um, not much right now, but I'm getting into it better. I use it for my journal, the recipes that I take down, my joke journal, which I don't have a lot in and my code journal. So all sorts of things. And just recently, I am now putting all of my podcast episodes. And I say recently, it's, it's been a little while uh, since episode 23. Since episode 23, I started putting together uh, all of my show notes into uh, links that you could see at the bottom of the show notes of any podcast episode. Now, I still do the chapter art as the show notes page. But I also, I like to do the show notes in Notion now because Notion has a lot of nice integrations. And it's a very clean-looking uh, user interface. It's a clean-looking system for showing people the show notes that I have. It's just great all around. I like it. And it has GIF support. It has a whole bunch of cool things, including... And this is something that I started using for work. It now... Well, I not now has, but I just started using a lot of the inbuilt features that Notion has, like the Automagic template button that you can create. So you can create a template for essentially anything a template for making templates that makes templates it's an inception of templates it's beautiful there's so much automation that you can do with this that i'm just scratching the surface on and with this business that i started uh, working with the one that i mentioned a few times i am now using notion as our project management software so everything that we do from arriving on the job site contacting a customer uh communicating with employees, anything of the nature, it is now run through Notion. So it will be, and it is, in the process of becoming the best workflow app for this specific job that I'm in. And I'm planning on making it as streamlined as humanly possible and then giving it out or value for value selling it out, so to speak, value for value selling it out to anyone who's in the industry that may want a new system or a streamlined system that anyone can understand and anyone can get behind and everything is synced and it would be beautiful with calendar support and everything. And that's that's something I'm getting into. But if you look at the show notes for this episode, you'll see the same video series or video link that I followed myself uh, just with 49 tips and tricks. And every once in a while, if I bring up Notion or any new thing that I'd like anyone to look at, you'll see a link under the Notion toggle tab that I'm learning about Notion and you'll get some example code or example um, 
things to look at on my show notes page. But that's something I wanted to bring up to the forefront right away. Notion is my new app of choice. I used plenty of other systems before. I used only the Google Suite for about eight months whenever I was first starting in the project management position of a company of this nature. And it worked flawlessly for whenever I was using it. It it synced everything beautifully. All the employees understood everything. Uh, I had it synced up to their calendar. So I used Google Calendar as my communication method. And I used the notes section of every single calendar entry to make notes of here's something you need to focus on. And I used emojis to kind of line that up. So if there was a green check mark, that's something they'd already finished. If there was a red check mark, that's something they didn't finish and should have. And there was a yellow, something they needed to take attention of. And I just notate everything out. And then if I wanted them to, uh, the employees that I was managing, if I wanted them to upload photos that I would need to understand the job better, then I would use a link to Google Drive in the same thing. It was very streamlined. All they had to focus on, which was as simple as humanly possible, was a note section of every calendar entry. So everything worked out beautifully that way. But uh, it's Google. So I'm trying to get away from it. And I get it. Notion has its own integrations with certain things that may be less than honorable when it comes to data sharing and stealing and stuff that I haven't looked into, but I, I don't think it does. I haven't looked into it, but I love Notion so far for the ease of use and just how well it works right now. Now, next thing that I want to get into, uh, I went to and organized. So I organized a no agenda meetup in the North Idaho area. So I live in the North Idaho, Eastern Washington area. I actually live in Liberty Lake and, um, North Idaho is just a hop, skip and a jump across Crocodile Creek. And it's just, it's just right across the border. It's not even 20 minutes away from where I live is where we went and had our meetup. And it's five minutes from where the office is where I work. So I set up this meetup and I met a bunch of good people. Uh, saw Sir Road Dog there again. I saw, uh, who was the other guy? Shoot. I'm forgetting his name. How am I forgetting the names? They, they were there. I have his email. I'll, I'm sorry to everyone who does not get their names mentioned, who is actually listening to this. I'm so sorry, but I also met up with Jeff and Jeff is a dude named Ben. I didn't catch his last name. It's just Jeff P. That's what I have in my contact book. But Jeff has set up so many things for the no agenda universe. It's unbelievable. He's very into the value for value system. He's, he's, he understands it completely. And he is the do name Ben that I'm going to speak to when I have questions on things and when I want to learn things and create things. And, um, I'm going to siphon all the information I can possibly from him before I, before I have to start paying him. So if you're listening to this, Jeff, I'm sorry, but that's what I'm planning on doing with you. I will have this be a parasitic relationship until I can make this be beneficial for both of us. So for now, that's what I wanted to talk about. I met up with these guys. It was a great meetup. We had a good time talking, laughing, talking about Bitcoin, which no one else really was behind, even though I was trying to champion the cause. I am not the most knowledgeable behind it. So this is why I need to learn more, take more notes, understand better so I can have better talking points. Ah, there's that. We talked about grass-raised beef. We talked about the beef initiative, Texas Slim. Talked about everything that we have planned for up here up north. It, it turned out to be great. One of the better meetups. Scott the Jew wasn't there this time, which was upsetting. But he will be there for the next round. And it was the first 
I would say semi-successful inauguration day of Nay Day, which is no agenda day. It is just the fourth Thursday or last Thursday of every month. And that will be the one that we go through. I mean, we'll still have a, a uh, what do you call it? A page, a submission to the no agenda meetups page every single month for that day and have a new place that we decide or same place, a different time. Just a few other things that we can keep in touch with people and they can reach out and RSVP and all the nature. But every fourth Thursday, it's just going to be in the back of your mind. That's when we will be having our North Idaho Sanity Brigade meetup. I still need to put the no agenda, or sorry, the, the meetups. Uh, man, I am losing my words. Every time I do this, I lose my words and it is terrible. I need to have this everything written down. I'm terrible at this. Uh, the summary, the report, the meetup report. I still need to put that together and I need to get kind of creative with it by the end of the night tonight. So that's something. But let's get into some stuff that I wanted to talk about. So I have um, here, let me let me roll this out real quick. Oh, I had that for ducking. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me do this again and let me uh, chop this out. No one will ever hear this happening. Let me redo this. Let's let's go again. Yeah, conspiracy segment time. So this isn't much of a conspiracy, actually. Um, oh, is that going to ah, cut out terribly? I need to adjust that conspiracy segment. Anyway, uh, this isn't much of a conspiracy because it is well documented on Everipedia which I am using right now instead of uh, instead of Wikipedia, I am using Everipedia. So I want to talk about Operation Popeye. I didn't learn about very much about weather modifications or cloud seeding or anything until I started listening to No Agenda. Now, I heard in passing in a Joe Rogan episode, he was talking to, I can't remember who, this is a while ago, but this is where I first heard about it, and this is why it stuck in my brain, he was talking to one of his guests about how Dubai has been cloud seeding for the last, I don't know how many years. And they brought up an article that talked about it where they basically have created their own oasis in Dubai, make, making it profitable for actually growing crops as well if they wanted to. I, th- I, don't, I don't think they're doing anything profitably as far as some sort of main export. But they are cloud seeding to where it rains on a predictive schedule all throughout the year. And they do that by cloud seeding, by sprinkling, I think it was silver oxide or something like that, as well as some other chemicals into some layer in the atmosphere. And this causes clouds to form and rain. And I'm not sure what the science is behind it because I haven't looked into it specifically. I'll look into it more, understand it more. And that way I'll have better talking points because that's what I need to do with this podcast is learn more. But it led me down the, this rabbit hole of finding out more about this topic. Because that's technically chemtrails. Like technically the chemtrail people aren't wrong about the fact that chemtrails exist and that it's a thing that we should be uh, at least cognizant of. I mean, I don't know about the lengths that some of these guys go to saying that, oh, well, these chemtrails. I mean, why do you think I've been sick the last three weeks? It's because of chemtrails, man. It's like, mm, I doubt it. But this Operation Popeye. I'm just going to read from the Everpedia entry here. Operation Popeye, Project Controlled Weather. Mm, yeah. 
was highly classified was a highly classified weather modification program in Southeast Asia during 1967 to 1972. The cloud seeding operation during the Vietnam War ran from March 20, 1967 until July 5, 1972, in an attempt to extend the monsoon season, specifically over the areas of the Ho Chi Minh Trail. The operation was used to induce rain and extend the East Asian monsoon season in support of U.S. government efforts related to the war in Southeast Asia. The former U.S. Secretary of Defense, Robert S. McNamara, was aware that there might be objections raised by the international scientific community, but said in a memo to the president that such objections had not in the past been a basis for prevention of military activities considered to be in the interest of U.S. national security. The Chemical Weather Modification Program was conducted from Thailand over Cambodia, Laos, and Vietnam, excuse me, and Vietnam, <clears throat> how am I stumbling over this, and Vietnam, and allegedly sponsored by Secretary of State Henry Kissinger and CIA without the authorization of the Secretary of Defense Melvin Laird, who categorically denied to Congress that a program for modification of the weather for use as a tactical weapon even existed. So you go down this entry, and I, I get it, I get it, Everpedia, just a fork of Wikipedia, and Wikipedia shouldn't be trusted because it can be edited by anyone, which technically is true, but there are some safeguards in place, even though they're not very stringent, it's still documented. This is just where I chose to source my information. Look into it. I'll look into it some more, and I'll get some more information on this, but that's the conspiracy segment for today, weather modification in the form of chemtrails, which cause cloud seeding to occur, is a real thing, well documented. It's in government archives. I'll have to look into this and figure out more and maybe even find some actual U.S. government documentation instead of just sourcing it from Wikipedia. Excuse me. Everipedia. I need to get that better. But that's that's your conspiracy segment. Now I'm, I'm going to start. Back to the beginning of this, Notion has those templates that we talked about, and those templates will have specific segments that I'm going to go into very often. And I have, for that reason, I have specific sound bites that I've created, like my intro I created, like my conspiracy segment, like my grinds my gears segment. I have sound bites that I've created for that specific section. So, uh, speaking of which, where is my Grinds My Gears? Do I not have it here? Let me see where that is. You know what really grinds my gears? I found it. I found it. Okay, cool. So, I have my Grinds My Gears segment. That's there. And I want to get into that. And I want to go over the other segments that I have coming up. And I'll speak about that. And you can even look in the show notes if you want to. But uh, I have a few topics that I want to go over for the Grinds My Gears. Now, I have a, a thought that came to me that I really want to go over. And then I have some audio clips. So I, you know, actually I'm going to do that in reverse order. Let me play the audio clips for you and then I'll get into the thoughts that I've had uh, that get into it. So audio clip number one. Open. Actually, pausing on that, let me set this up. Back in, what was it, like May or March or, or June or August, I'm not sure, one of these months earlier in the year, uh, Pfizer and this this clip I stole from the No Agenda show and you'll be able to hear that based on uh, the people talking in in the clip. I think Adam and and John kind of interject once in a while in there. But Pfizer put out a like a public service announcement or something explaining or just saying this. This is one of their ads. This is them telling you 
it's 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 an ad by Pfizer. That's all you need to know. It's an ad by Pfizer. They're playing it on the show. Listen to what it says, and then I will give you a different take than what the No Agenda show had taken on it. So listen to this. Open. It's a beautiful word. Neighborhoods open. Businesses open. Fields open. Who doesn't love open? <laughs> Offices, homes, stages, possibilities. Your world open. Open. And you can help keep it that way. That's right. Get your approved oral treatment from Pfizer. Like, like, think about that. They're, they're looking at it in this sense. They're looking at it in the sense of, well, look at that. As long as you take your oral treatment, like that's the direction we need to go into. And that's, that's how they open into their segment of the new Pfizer medication. I can't remember what it was called, but it was their uh, hydroxychloroquine and uh, ivermectin replacement pill, the oral treatment that they have for the COVID-19. And I got to thinking, this isn't, that's not the point of this, this ad. The point of this ad is to basically bully everyone. The point of this ad is to bully everyone into thinking that we control everything. Do you want everything to be open? Do you, do you want to go out of your home? Do you want to get out of your home? This is another form of, of abuse. This is part of the PSYOP where they take the people who are truly mentally messed with and just, just screwed in the mind by all the constant barrage of stay in your house, take the damn vaccine and every other bit of messaging that's been pushed throughout the last two years of this nonsense, of this response to a virus. Because of that, these people have become basically abused mentally and they've lost it to a certain degree. And those people are the ones Pfizer's marketing to. Everyone else sees it for the farce that it is, but I don't know if they're focusing, I mean, most people probably are. If they hear me say this, they'll think, you know what, that makes sense. I probably had a thought like that come to my mind as well. But it's just, they're bullying us. They're saying, hey, if you don't take this, this oral pill, this oral treatment, you, you're the one. You're the problem that's going to keep these uh, places, your home, your parks, your venues, you're going to keep those from opening up. That's your fault not ours. We're offering you the option to have a step back. Just give us more money and we'll allow you to do what you desire. It's a straight bullying tactic. They're gangsters, man. They're the worst possible people. And it gets into, a, I mean, this, this, for the last two years, we'll say, not this year, we'll say 2020, 2021, and a quarter of 2022, Pfizer and Moderna, and the medical industrial complex have been raping the United States for the money that they want to keep going. But then, as soon as things got right to the boiling point where people would probably start thinking for themselves, not the abused people, because they, they're almost a lost cause. Almost. Unless they got the same amount of abuse in the other direction i don't know if they would open up their minds to the possibility of something different i think they have stockholm syndrome and they're basically done for but right before that boiling point was reached they switched conveniently to the topic of the war in ukraine and now the torch has been passed from the medical industrial complex 
to the military-industrial complex. So you have one bit of social justice that some people are fighting for, which is we need to save the world from this virus to we need to save the world from Russia. And it's going to switch back either to the medical-industrial complex or something else. Maybe it'll go to big food, big ag. Maybe it'll go to them next. It'll probably do a rotation between all these people to where you're constantly shifting goalposts that people are supposed to be upset about. And it just grinds my gears to such a degree. It hurts sometimes. Anyway, other than that clip, and I'll have a clip for every single episode. I'll have the clip in the show notes. And then if you wanted to to save the clip so you can share it with your friends, it'll be there. You can download it. It'll be on a static web page through Notion. That's why I love Notion so much. And I'm looking into creating static web pages for myself for other things, uh, just repositories for things, uh, which might even get into that class that I was talking about. But uh, in in this grinds my gears, the thing that I wrote down was was this. So last week I had a conversation with a coworker, and it was about decentralization and how small tribes would be the thing that would fix the whole world and its problems if everyone broke off into small decentralized tribes. And his argument against me and my position was that tribalism is the worst thing that could have happened to civilization ever. And he had good reasoning why as far as uh, tribalism and the negatives and everything that, that came out of tribalism. But halfway through this conversation, I had a realization. I realized something that blew both of our arguments out of the water, mine and his included. Now, I kept talking, though, because, like, I'm not going to lose the argument, even though I already knew that it was a moot point. But the reason both of us were arguing was a moot point because our jobs as sovereign individuals and I actually talked about this a little bit at this No Agenda meetup. I, I tried to formulate my argument a little bit better by bringing it up again for those guys. So if these guys are listening, thanks. And uh, <laughs> sorry, but you're wrong. Anyway, um, our job is not, it's not to try to change the entire world. And when I say sovereign individuals, I specifically say sovereign individuals. I'm using my words carefully here because I'm not going to say sovereign citizen. I don't believe in that nonsense. But we're individuals. We have sovereign reign over our own existence and our own sphere of influence. So we're not supposed to try and change the whole world. You know, you make your bed first and then you start focusing on other things. Our job is simply to change our own world. And that world, like I said, it's our own sphere of influence. It's our own responsibilities that we've taken on and that we've assumed ownership of. That being your own family, your own household, your own vehicles, everything that you own, even if you're renting, everything that you've assumed responsibility over, you manage that to a degree that's godlike, we'll say. I'm not saying godlike, like tyrannical. I'm saying godlike, like with a benevolence where everything that you touch is blessed. And you can get woo woo with that word, or you can get as real as it is. You're providing value. To everything that you have responsibility over. Once we do that, as sovereign individuals, once we start taking care of our own worlds, our own spheres of influence, everything else will fall into place. There's no, there's no problem that's too big that if everyone fixed something small, these atomic habits are scalable. These atomic habits don't just have to be something that are in our own lives. If our own lives are fixed by atomic habits, everyone, 
everyone included, then our small little node in the connected node of civilization will create better things for the whole of civilization. And I'm not just talking about these tribes that I'm speaking of. If we have decentralized tribes, perfect. You fix your own tribe, then another tribe will fix their own tribe. And that neighboring tribe will fix its neighboring tribe. And so on and so forth. And everyone will realize just by fixing your own crap, just dealing with your own, water your own grass. And then everyone else's grass will be a little bit greener. However these these tropes came to be, however these cliches, that's the word. The cliches are a cliche for a reason. They're there because it's a, just a common understanding. Even stupid people understand the idea of watering grass, which is kind of stupid because you could water plants, but everyone understands it. So, water your own freaking grass. Make a garden. Just take care of yourself and then focus on other people. I get it. I'm saying this as if I already have a deep understanding of it. I don't. I'm still learning this. I'm still young, but I'm coming to terms with this. And anyone who's listening to this and saying, you know what, I'll listen to this chump give a little bit of a speech because maybe he'll have a little nugget of information. Take that away. That's what I'm learning. That's what I've come to learn at this age of my life, at this progression of my life. And that's something that I'm going to try and work on some more. Now, uh, let's get into this segment. Okay, cool. Last episode, I had donations from Mere Mortals. This episode, I got donations from Pitar. It's great, Pitar. I love to hear you commenting. You bring so much, so much content. It's beautiful. Beautiful. So, uh, let's talk about this. Uh, Pitar sent three separate boosts, and one of them was for 7,777, one was for 3,333, and one was for 2,222. I love it. Uh, let's get into the first one. The first one is, listen to episode 619 of Bitcoin and, or of the Bitcoin and podcast. I feel like David and you are going through a similar beef journey in your area, and I think you are correct, sir. Since I did have a conversation with him that was roughly about an hour and a half to two hours long in Coeur d'Alene, just right down the area, uh, I I can say that we are both in the same boat and we are both well suited. I think him more because he actually sat down with the source, which was Texas Slim, and had long drawn out and very intense conversations with Slim himself on everything involved with the beef initiative out in Texas. So he's better suited to creating something of a uh, beef initiative up north out here but i think we're both in the same mindset of we need something to happen here we need something important to happen up here in the north the pacific northwest and we really need it to start going around the world if we can get something going out here and this is like as grassroots as it can be i mean i didn't even know how grassroots this was i thought texas slim was part of an organization it's essentially him it's essentially all him and that just goes to show what kind of a salesman he actually is. If he can cause this kind of what would you this kind of perception to be out there that there's an organization behind this and they are just pushing this and it is a an industry that's booming, it's starting to grow. Like just imagine what kind of stuff he can do for this in the future if this is just the start. And it's just him, essentially David, 
KNC cattle and me of all people, just because I reached out to Slim. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. This 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 is humbling me to a to a degree I can't even explain. And I don't even know what to do. I'm just in a text thread with them too. And I'm trying to figure out more. I'm trying to spread the word, trying to get my family to go out and meet Slim, to meet everyone in the in the organization. And it's hard even to get my family on board. So I need to just go start shaking some hands. And speaking of which, I'll talk about something after that. But thanks for that, Boost Pizza. Let's get to the next one. Male depression is always a result of learned helplessness. Great quote. Also, I've never seen PewDiePie. <laughs> he spelled it P-E-W-U-T-E-E pie. And he wondered about the spelling. You're not far off. It's uh, literally, uh, oh, shoot. You're not far off. I don't, I can't spell it off the top of my head. You're not far off. He's a YouTuber. He's been on the train for as long as humanly possible. I think he does a new episode every single day, which is unheard of in today's day and age. And a lot of it's meme review. A lot of it is uh, book reviews. And he did a Jordan Peterson book review, gave it glowing reviews. And this guy, I mean, he's, he's from Sweden. I think that's Netherlands. So he's, he doesn't come from that left, right paradigm. Like we're a part of in the Americas, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't have a bent that you could classify as something. I'm not going to because I can't classify his bent, but he is a straight down the middle kind of guy. He's a little bit more liberal in nature, I guess. I don't know. He's, he's a good dude. I love his content. I love listening to what he has to say. His, his audience is maturing with him, which is something that I really enjoy seeing because he's recommending all sorts of good quality things of substance like the 12 rules for life book and i think he did a review of marcus aurelius's book the well the book of the translations of his diary and all sorts of good content he's into anime and all sorts of stuff which is i guess a big thing in in the younger minds in today's day and age which i'm not that big into i've watched a few animes that i can actually get behind but it's not i'm, I'm not that well versed in it but he's a great character. If you want to watch someone that's pretty hilarious, does really, really, really great meme review, not like the crap I put together. If you want to watch really great meme review, you want to watch a, a funny dude talk about some funny stuff and also be serious when he needs to be. It's a great way to waste some time while also absorbing something. So there's that. And last boost, the lesson plan you're describing reminds me of, uh, reminds me a little of Safety's book called The Bitcoin Standard. It's a decent read. And I have read that. I've read that whole thing. I'm planning on reading the Bitcoin or sorry, the fiat standard next, and then anything else that I possibly can to start educating myself. And then I think I may just use notion to start for that lesson plan to get on the road to Bitcoin. There's also a book called Bitcoin for kiddos that I heard about. And I, I want to read that one myself. And I want to get that on the list of things to do. And I believe you can buy that from I think it's Bitcoin publishing is the website, you can buy the book, you can buy it in Bitcoin if you wanted to. So it just furthers the community of Bitcoiners and just helps everyone out in the long run. So thank you. Thank you for the recommendation. And that just shows that we're all reaching the same point or the same shelling point by following the same materials. It could mean that there's not that much material in the marketplace. And that's why Safety's book is one of the most recommended. But there's that one. I also read the Bitcoin rabbit hole. Or I'm sorry, um, uh, 21 Lessons is what it was called. And it's a the guy makes references to a lot of Alice in Wonderland quotes in the book. It's a great read, as well as the Bitcoin standard. Fiat standard is next, and I'll do a bit of a book review on that afterwards. 
But thank you. Thank you for all the donations, Pitar. You're a great human being. I love you. That's why you're on the episode level split. Or I'm sorry, show level split on my show. You're a great individual. And that's uh, that's it for the donation segment. But now I have uh, two little clips I want to play. First one. Knowledge. It's time for some knowledge. So I created a clip for my Jordan B. Peterson segment, which I will be having from here on out. I listen to so much Jordan Peterson and there's so much knowledge there that I want to start bringing in some clips that were kind of formative for me, but I'm doing this a bit in jest. So take this with whatever you want, however many grains of salt you want. Listen to this little uh, little segment separator, my little clip that takes us into the Jordan B. Peterson segment and tell me what you think. All poo-poo times are pee-pee times. But what does that imply? It's like if you can carve out a living for yourself, preferably inside of a large tropical fruit, well, that's a bloody good start. By dangerous, that implies I should be ready to threaten someone, to hurt somebody. No, you should be capable of it. If you're incapable of violence, not being violent isn't a virtue. If you learn a martial art, you learn to be dangerous, but simultaneously you learn to control it. Both of those come together, and the combination of that capacity for danger and the capacity for control is what brings about the virtue. Otherwise, you confuse weakness with, with moral virtue. I'm harmless, therefore I'm good. It's like, no, that isn't how it works. If you're harmless, you're just weak. And if you're weak, you're not going to be good. You can't be, because it takes strength to be good. It's very difficult. So I could have clipped that one better, but I got it from one of those motivational madness, whatever channels on the YouTubes. And every once in a while, while I'm working outside or working, uh, doing really anything that requires me to put a lot of effort forth, I'll listen to some of these motivational clips, either from Joe Rogan or either from Jordan Peterson or Steve Harvey or any of these people who have really straightforward comments that they make about why you should just suck it up and move forward. And it's, I mean, I don't really like audio beds when it comes to putting things in my own podcast because it's not as clear. And you could, you could tell they put more emphasis on the music than they did on his voice in that. But the message rings true. Message rings true. And that is to say, be capable for violence. Be capable of committing acts of violence. Don't do it. But be capable. Don't be, and he said weak, I'm going to say don't be a pussy. Just be capable. Be capable of standing up for yourself, which I struggle with quite a bit. That's not in my nature. I already read in one of these previous episodes my uh, understand myself, what is it, uh, big five aspects scale that Jordan Peterson put out himself. I already read that out for everybody. So I already have put all my cards on the table of what kind of person I am. And I struggle with being uh, assertive a lot. You know, I, I have a hard time looking people in the eye whenever I'm saying things. It's terrible for me. Unless I know you and have talked to you for quite a while, it's hard for me to look you directly in the eye and make a statement that might either hurt your feelings or challenge your opinions or even be in any way contradictory unless... Unless I'm doing it in jest, which is kind of a, what would you call it, a defense mechanism of mine where I'll try and make a joke about something. Ah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a wreck when it comes to this. But I'm learning and I'm trying to do better. And these are some of the clips that do, that do me some good to try and do better. So 
that's uh that's just about it for this one. It's it's shorter. It's one of the shortest ones that I put out. This is a bit of a filler episode to be honest, just because I have uh a few things coming up, a few things in the works. I'm still working on a whole bunch of stuff for excuse me, for this podcast. As far as streamlining things and getting my my workflow a lot better. I went through a bunch of old clips that I've taken on my iPad and my iPhone for a long time and I might even talk about my workflow on how I set up my things for my podcast, for anyone who's interested, the apps that I use for recording, for editing, uh, the service that I use for hosting, which is rss.com, and what I might be going into to make things better as far as it'll ruin my workflow for a bit until I can get some sort of technology in place to make it better, and I have some ideas, some big ideas. I have some artwork, some custom artwork coming. My brother's doing a lot for me on that front. Man, I got a lot coming. But for now, I want to say one more thing, then I will leave us with my end of show ISO. And as always, my son letting you know that you should give me five stars or whatever the equivalent of that is with the modern apps, which is either a boost or a boostagram. It doesn't have to be a lot. I have no threshold. I have no threshold for for reading boosts on this podcast. Uh, Pitar, God bless you for sending as many as you do. But anyone else who has a sat to donate and you want to say something, if you want to tell me I suck, please send that with a sat. Send that with as many as you want. You know what? If you want to say you suck, send that with like at least a thousand sats just so that way I know you really mean it. But, oh man, there's that. So as far as as far as my workflow, it is changing. It is becoming better by the day, and I will have it perfectly streamlined at some point in the near future. I think before episode fifty, even not before episode one hundred, but before episode before episode fifty, I will have a streamlined system that's so ready that anyone will be able to replicate it. I'll have it as a Notion template, so I can show, shoot that out to you. That I'll have everything that you need. It'll have the download links for the episode for the systems that I use, the apps that I use. It'll have maybe even if this is possible, if I have my technology in place, it'll have links to GitHub with directions on how to download everything because I'm planning on making some really cool tools for this. Um, maybe even some static website generators so you can generate your own website to host the files that you might be using for your chapter art. Whole bunch of things that I'm working on. And it's all just out of pocket, out of love for the system and out of love for the the technology, which is podcasting. So I'm going to leave this one at roughly 38 minutes. I'm going to call it a night. I'm recording this one late because I'm lazy and I push everything off to the end. So thanks everyone for sticking around for as long as you have. And if you got something good out of this episode, don't forget to donate. Send me a boostergram. Send me anything you want. And that's it. You know, I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to throw out the uh, value for value apps page. What value for value is, what new podcast apps are, and what you can do with it. That'll lead me out into my end of show ISO, and that will lead me out into my son saying to to support me by boosting or giving me a five-star review or whatever you want to give me. Give me a one-star review so I know what to change. Give me whatever you want, and I'll look into it. But that's it for tonight, guys. Peace. I'll talk to you in the next one. 
chapters, transcripts, images, links, stream micropayments to the podcast, and send Satoshis in real time over the Lightning Network using a compatible podcasting 2.0 app. Just go to newpodcastapps.com. That's newpodcastapps.com. And for more info, go to podcastindex.org. Boost! <laughs> Definitely. Share my podcast, give me five stars.